This is RJ Carbone, and you're listening to BD4. Anthony for three. Bang! That one goes this down. one by Mattingly. Oh, hang on to the RJ Barrett does it again from downtown. He is just tearing the Orioles apart. Oh. It's good. Randall gets the bounce, and he there ties the game. Houston just under. Got it! All right, what's happening everybody? February 18th, as I'm recording, it is Friday the 18th. Tell you what, man. Cliche or not, shit flies by. I literally remember New Year's Eve. It's crazy. I remember Christmas like it was not long ago. I was listening, I heard something very interesting. I forget where I heard it from. But it makes a ton of sense and it kind of blows my mind. They were saying, I don't know where this was, I have a hard time remembering, but I heard it one time not too long ago, it just came across some somebody who said something, I know it sounds stupid, but it was like, oh, you know what, it was on a Steve-O podcast, that's what it was, it was Steve-O's podcast, and basically what he was saying is he heard somebody else say, that time flies by when you're quicker, when you're when you're older, because like one year when you're five years old is twenty percent of your life. That's a fifth of your life. One year when you are in this instance, I'm gonna be twenty seven soon, is one twenty seventh of your life. That I, I heard that and I was like, whoa, that's so true, and that make that makes. That makes everything, it gives so much more sense to that whole time flies by when you get older shit. Because we say that all the time, but that kind of makes sense. <laughs> so I just thought I'd share that. But yeah, February 18th, it's a Friday as I am recording as you're listening to this. It will probably be the 19th on a Saturday. So it's the weekend. Uh, the Winter Olympics are coming to a close, I believe, on Sunday, right? The 20th. I've been watching them. They've been good. Um, and, yeah, it's it's obviously this episode, if you've clicked on this one, it's <laughs> we're going to be talking some Yankees. The Yankees haven't done much lately, but we do have a few things to discuss. So I figured with the Knicks on their break right now, thankfully, um, let's, let's talk Yankees for a sec. So that's what we're going to do in this episode. Hope everybody's having a good night so far, good day, whenever it is you are listening to this. But I'm your host, RJ Carbone, and this is episode 325 of BD4, where there's no better way to get your Yankees and Knicks analysis. And we also do MMA now, too, on the weekends. Um, Yankees every series, Knicks every game, MMA Saturdays on the weekends. Now, I am going to watch the fight card tomorrow night. I don't know many names on it, any but, you know, doing some research and finding some opinion on it in the you know, comment sections and threads and forums and stuff online, it seems like people are excited for the main event. So I'm definitely going to be tuning into it. It's Hill versus Walker. And if I enjoy it enough, we'll do a fight night recap of it. All right. But, um... Yep, welcome to the show. If you're new here to BD4, just be sure to subscribe if you enjoy these episodes. Um, you can subscribe to the podcast on the many platforms that we're on. You can listen to us on the usual Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, our sponsor Anchor, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, many other listening platforms as well. Or you can find this podcast on YouTube to watch. So we've been getting more support on there recently. So I thank 
all of my subscribers and my viewers on there. But yeah, welcome to the show. And if you haven't yet followed me on social media, be sure to do that. I'm on social media. I'm RJ Carbone on Facebook and at Rob J Carbone on Instagram. I also have a blog titled Ultimate Sports Networks. I'm sorry. Ultimate Sports Networks is the name of the network that I write for. So if you go to ultimatesportsnetworks.com and if you put in the search bar the Bomber Bocker blog, you will find my work. I write content on the Knicks and the Yankees. I recap their games. I've done about 70% or so of the Knicks games this year, so I'm pretty on point in terms of consistency. And if you want to hear my opinion via text instead of listening to me on this show, then go on over to ultimatesportsnetworks.com, search the Bomber Bocker blog, and then subscribe to the Bomber Bocker blog using my promo code 6A2841ERJC. That way you can get a discount, $7.99 a month as a subscriber to the blog. You also get a discount on my merch. So we've got a whole bunch of good content and merchandise for you guys on ultimatesportsnetworks.com if you subscribe using my promo code to the Bomber Bocker blog. All right, 682-841-ERJC. That's the code. All right, guys, now we got that all bullshit out of the way. Now that we have all of that bullshit out of the way, let's head to our first break when we get back. We got some things to talk about with the Yankees. We've got some judge drama, maybe. Um, We'll talk some Glaber Torres, what to expect here in the upcoming season. We'll talk some Giancarlo Stanton. Excuse me. Has he earned his keep? And I want to talk about somebody else who's a player of another team. And if you are watching this podcast, you probably saw which player I'm talking about in the thumbnail. But we're going to get to him. Uh, I guess we'll save him for last because I really want to. Uh, it's an interesting thing I heard today. But yeah, thanks for tuning in. Let's head to break. Waste no further time. When we get back, we'll talk about all of it. Stay with us. Hey guys, so I've noticed that only a small portion of you who watch BD4 on YouTube are actually subscribed. So if you do enjoy this podcast, and maybe you want to be notified when new episodes release, I'd consider subscribing and also hitting that notification bell. This way we can help the channel grow, and you won't miss a single episode of BD4. Alright, let's get back to it. So, if you guys want to follow me on social media, be sure to do so right now. I'm on Facebook at RJ Carbone, and I'm also on Instagram at Rob J Carbone. Once again, if you want to find me on Facebook, that is RJ Carbone. Instagram at Rob J Carbone. All right, so let's get right into it, man. Um, I, I guess we'll start with my guy, you know. Um, I was just reading some things about him, and uh, it, it's kind of made me depressed, man. It really did, because this was one of my big, this was one of the guys I, and I'm not doing too good. My, my resume don't look too good, because I hyped up Clint Frazier, and then I hyped up this guy, Glaber Torres. But, I mean, you can't blame me with Glaber. You know, it, it looked so promising out the gate to start his career. His first two seasons, he's combining to bat 275 with an OPS just under 850. He comes up in 2018. He's making headlines in New York all over baseball. And he's just completely raking. I still remember the one game that really sold me on him as a Major League Baseball player. Again, I was always in on him as a prospect, but the one game that made me buy in. I come home, uh, this is a Sunday afternoon. 
Um, at the time, I was playing baseball. I was in a league, a baseball league. I come home, and this was you know in the middle of a Sunday. So um, you know, I missed most of the Yankee game. Our game, we had a, we had a Sunday baseball game, and it went to like I don't know two or three o'clock, three o'clock I would say. I got home, and the Yankees obviously it was a one p.m. game. Get home, and it's like the sixth, seventh inning, and I watch the rest of the game. They're playing the Indians, Yankees, Indians, and this was the game. It was in May, sometime in May, I want to say, where the Yankees were losing, or it was a tie game. They blew a lead or something. But what I definitely remember was that Glaber Torres comes up late in the game. Was it the bottom of the ninth or either that or extra innings? And he comes through with a big walk-off hit to give the Yankees to win. I just remember him hitting it deep center field and it, hits, and it bounces up against the wall or something. And he gets the walk-off RBI single or whatever it was. And that I just remember that being such a great day because my favorite player just coming up through the system... Obviously, they traded. You know, he was. He's. I still consider him homegrown because they, you know, they groomed the kid. And he comes up and he gets a big hit, wins the game, and he's like peaking. He's hitting over three hundred at the time. He's doing his thing, and he's. You know, he's. You're hearing him on MLB Network, ESPN, and I'm like, oh, this is legit. That was the day that made me really, really buy in. Like, this kid's gonna be the next superstar. The next season, he hits 38 home runs. So it's an even bigger step. You know? He's looking great. And I'm hyping him up. And I'm calling him the next Frankie Lindor. And I'm calling him a right-handed hitting Robinson Cano. All these comparisons. And then, it happens. You know? He comes into camp out of shape. The next year, his third season, doesn't do well. The next season after that does not do well last year. So the last two seasons, after his first two seasons, the next two seasons Glaber has, which are his last two seasons so far, he does not do it. He's batting two fifty six with a seven oh three OPS the last two years. Most importantly, you're watching the home run. It's, it's a big power drop-off. Big batting average drop-off. The on-base isn't exactly the same. The other side of the diamond. His defense, which was always not great, but at least you could live with it in the first two years because, one, you saw the tools and he flashed some defensive brilliance at times, and, two, he made up for whatever errors he made with with the bat. But he wasn't hitting. These last two years, he's not been hitting. And you add that to the defensive drop-off, he's been so bad that it makes it even worse because he's not being able to mitigate it. So he's been so bad at shortstop, we got to move him back to second base. He's having mental lapses in the field, mental lapses on the base paths, just low IQ plays. He's not running hard to first base. You know, Boone's calling him out in the post-game. And, you know, you know, that's a lot because it's Boone. And you can just... Something happened with the kid, man. It's a shame. You can visibly see it, too. You can see the mechanics difference at the plate. You know... You could see it on the field sometimes. The body language tells it all. Sometimes it feels like he's just not there in the moment. Maybe it got to him. You know, maybe the home runs got to him and he's kind of taking that Gary-like path with the bat where he's, you watch some of his at-bats, very poor. He doesn't really go deep into the count anymore. A lot of one-pitch pop-ups and opening up. A lot of moving parts in his swing now. He wasn't like that early on. He was, uh, you know, line-to-line contact, he took that contact line-to-line hitter approach. That's what we expected. We got that for a while, and that just completely went away. It vanished. So now we're heading into year five. And it's very tricky. What do you do with the kid? 
You had a chance to trade him while his value was very high. You didn't do that. And I don't blame the Yankees for that because he was, you know, who would trade that? You're you're in the championship window at the time. You're looking for a ring and this kid's raking for you. But now you're thinking, do you give him one more year? Play him at second base and trust him to rebound with his talent? Or do you trade him while you can before it gets worse? You know, he's expected, I think I read somewhere, he's expected to make $6 million in arbitration this season at age 25, which is crazy. He's already 25. However, each year you don't trade this kid, the salary gets higher, therefore that starts eliminating more and more teams. You know, those small market teams, it's gonna, they're going to drop out and it's going to tighten your, your trade window. Um, but maybe, you know, there are some teams out there who are willing to overlook all the bad, right? I mean, I get the feeling that some teams may go at the same time, well, the Yankees couldn't fix him, so how, how do we expect us to? You know, and again, between the mental lapses, the hustle concerns, the you can also look back at the ballpark and say, he, you know, hit 38 home runs because he's in Yankee Stadium, and, and, you know, that was the year where the balls were juiced, right? So there's a lot of factors to take in on both sides. You know, maybe some owners out there are saying, you know, well, he did hit better when he went back to second base. This is a former number one prospect for years. He's got the pedigree. Maybe there's still something there. But they're going to have to make a decision eventually. Um, if the Yankees keep him, you know, that affects the infield alignment. What does this infield alignment really look like? <clears throat> you, you expect he's going to be back at second base if he's still here. And I expect him to be here. He's Again, he's only making $6 million, So he's got to be playing second base. So does that mean you put DJ LeMayu at first base? Where he's okay. But if LeMayu plays first, where do you, where does that leave Luke Voigt? Who basically said the other day, he's 31 years old now, who basically says the other day, um, and I want to see if I can find it here. Pull it up. He says, either start me, basically, either start me or trade for me. Or trade me. Uh, here's the exact quote, actually. He says, I want to play first base for the Yankees. If that happens, great. If not, I'll go somewhere else. So, you know, I mean, he's putting you know, a little bit of pressure on them, too. <clears throat> so maybe you have Torres at second base and you go DJ at third base. Does that make Geo the expendable? Or maybe it makes Geo the utility guy who bounces around the left side of the infield from shortstop to third base. Or mainly, maybe he's just going to be the main shortstop. Maybe Gio plays that stopgap shortstop. I don't know. It's very interesting to me. You know, I mean, I know DJ's initial role here was supposed to be that utility guy, right? When we got a, when we signed the great Tulowitzki. But um, things have obviously changed. He's become a key cog in the lineup, and he's their leadoff hitter, and they just paid him, so he's obviously going to be a staple. So I would say the latter is the most likely outcome with Gio as your primary shortstop. Um, either that or a guy who bounces around the left side of the infield and you go out and get a stopgap or something. Otherwise, he really has no spot here, Gio, and, and maybe he's um, traded. But I think at worst, you should keep him around as the utility guy. At the very worst. And yeah. Or, here's my ideal situation. Okay. Or, you can go Geo at third base, where he belongs. DJ, and, D and Geo will play the backup shortstop. DJ at second base, where he belongs. And Torres will play in Cincinnati, while Castillo's throwing bullets on the mound for us. Huh? 
if you want to hear more of my thoughts on, on trading for Luis Castillo, check out episode 309. If you go to episode 309, which was about four weeks ago, I give some uh, some of my opinion on, on trading for Castillo. Because I've always been a big Luis Castillo guy for a couple of years now. I'm really into him. So that would be the ideal fantasy situation for me. Find a partner in Cincinnati and see if they want him. I don't know if you get it. But but I've been wanting this kid forever. I, I love his talents. And I think he has the ability to really be a good number two to Garrett Cole. I want to talk Stanton. I want to talk a little Giancarlo Stanton when we get back from break, guys. So um, stay with us, and we'll be right there. So BD4 is on so many platforms to listen to. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud. You can listen to us on Spotify. You can find us on our sponsor, Anchor, and many other listening platforms as well, wherever you get your podcasts. But we are also available to watch on YouTube. So if you want to watch us on YouTube, go subscribe there. But if you prefer to listen to us, again, many, many, many listening platforms. Just be sure to subscribe download, give us a rating, a review, comment, share the podcast, and all that fun stuff. This is BD4, where there's no better way to get your Yankees and Knicks analysis. Alright folks, now if you are listening to BD4 on Apple Podcasts, be sure to give us a 5-star rating and a review, if you so please. So once again, this is if you are listening to BD4 on Apple Podcasts, give us a five-star rating and review. Thank you. Uh, yeah, before we do move on to Stanton, and welcome back to the show, this is a photo here, if you are watching the video format of the podcast, of Gio Urshela um, in a private workout with Glaber Torres. And you've got Torres at second base. And Geo at shortstop. Uh, this is from Geo's TikTok. There's actually a tr- an actual video of him taking fielding grounders and turning double plays with Torres. But um, <clears throat> I think if you want the full version, excuse me, of that, you can go on. Uh, I think I found this on, on Talking Yanks on the Twitter. It's on the Talking Yanks Twitter account by John Boy. So um, yeah, I mean that's probably what we're gonna get most likely is. I would expect um, either Gio to be the full-time third-base guy and and occasionally fill in a shortstop or be the full-time shortstop with Gio, I'm sorry, with DJ next to him at third, Torres at second. I think that's probably, I would say there's a 75% chance, maybe more, that that's going to be the alignment in the infield. First base, uh, we talked about that a few episodes ago. There was that Freeman thing. I don't take that too serious. Um, but who knows? Do they go that route? Um, although that's unrealistic with, with the whole judge thing we're going to get to in a second. Do they go and bring uh, Luke Voigt? And do they trust him enough to stay healthy? And they trust his defense? And um, do they go with, you know, bringing Rizzo back for a couple more years on a cheaper deal? We'll see there. But um, I want to bring up Giancarlo Stanton real quick because, <clears throat> excuse me, man, I'm losing it tonight. <clears throat> All right, <clears throat> Jesus, because Stanton had a good season last year, man. You know, um, we're entering year five of his contract. Like I said, man, time flies. But last season, in year four, he puts up a pretty productive year, right? He, he I, I can't lie. Um, he bats 273, higher than I expected, gives you an 870 OPS, and I think he had 35 home runs and 97 RBIs. Most important stat 
last year from Stanton was that he played in 139 games. And if you average that, that's 86% of the season, which I'll take. And he showed to be capable of playing some outfield too, God forbid. So it was a solid season for Stanton. And I think those numbers are what Yankees fans should realistically expect at this point, so long as he stays healthy. You know, the whole 59 home run thing, that was kind of an anomaly. I know when he first came here, you were we were all envisioning, you know, 50, you know, 50 apiece from him and Judge. And, you know, will they break the uh, Mantle Maris record? And, you know. But I think, you know, if he continues to give us something like that, be a productive middle of the lineup, bat, hit your 35-plus homers, get you 100-plus RBIs, I think that's good enough. But yeah, going back to that whole playing the field thing, that's going to be very, you know, key going forward. That's something I'm very curious about because remember, last season, as we went deeper into the season, that's really when Stanton started to play a lot better because they finally trusted him to play the field. When he was playing the outfield, and I'm pretty sure the numbers back it up, it helped him keep loose and it really, he did a better job with the plate. You know, as opposed to just sitting on the bench cold and, and only getting you off your ass three to five times a night, staying active and keeping his body warm helped him hit the ball and, and stay in rhythm. And I really, I'm a true believer in that kind of thing. But again, I can see why the Yankees would think about it, about making, you know, putting him back at full-time DH because he is, again, 32 years old. And he's only going to get older. You've seen the guy run. You've seen him run the first base. Um, so he, you know, knowing them and their their analytics, how heavily reliant they are on the analytics, they could very well be thinking about keeping this guy on the field long term and wanting to DH him 75% of the time. And the other 25%, you'll see him, you know, play left field and maybe on those days Gallo gets a DH or he'll slide over to center field or maybe Stanton gets the right field spot when Judge wants a day off and gets a DH day. You know, I have a feeling they're going to put him back at DH for the majority of his at-bats just because of his age and the injury concerns. Of course, I like the uh, idea of playing him in the field. I'm just trying to think realistically. You know, much like the Geo DJ Torres thing, where it depends on who plays the captain of the infield at shortstop, the Stanton thing could very well be dependent on who plays the captain of the outfield at center field. You know, do they go Hicks? You know, does Hicks stay healthy? If he doesn't, that could change a lot for Stanton. I don't know. Regardless, you know, a big year coming up, I would say. I would say this is important for Stanton's. Uh, Yankee tenure. This is a big year because, again, I, I I say if he has another year where he both stays healthy and he's productive and he's giving you 35 to 40 homers with the RBIs and everything, then he's in, right? He's officially in. I would I would get off his back 100%. All right. Um, one thing I will mention, though, is as much as I've been on his ass, watching... Randall in the Knicks this season has kind of made me appreciate the professionalism of Giancarlo Stanton. Outside of that one playoff game, which I will never let go of, where he uh, skipped his, his press conference and didn't talk to reporters, I, I, I give him credit for being there every night. I, I do. He's, you know... He's, this is a guy who's constantly getting booed when he has these 0 for 5, 5 strikeout performances. Right? Do you remember his first number of games at Yankee Stadium? This guy was getting lit up by the Bronx. And whenever he performs bad, he gets lit up by the Bronx. But despite that, every single night, he's in the locker room after the game talking to the reporters. And that is very much unlike 
unlike our pal at the garden. Who's giving thumbs downs, who's telling his own fans to F off, and who's making the team absorb fines so he can skip his press conferences. So I do give Stanton credit there for showing up and dealing with it with thick skin, right? He's not doing what our pal at the garden is doing. He's not doing what, in, you know, in baseball, it's kind of similar to like Lindor. Remember what Lindor did? And was it him or Baez who made some kind of gesture to the Mets fans? Was it Baez who made that gesture? But you know what I'm talking about. He's living up to it. He's owning up to it. So I do give him that. So I think this is a big year for him. If he puts together a second consecutive season where he's healthy, I think Yankees fans are going to start to lay off him even more. He's halfway in right now. The season he had, he's halfway in. But if he does it again and he shows up in the playoffs like he did two years ago, he's officially, you know, I'm off his back for the time being. Let's head to break. When we get back from break, we'll talk some Aaron Judge. Stay with us. All right, folks. Now, if you are listening to BD4 on Apple Podcasts, be sure to give us a five-star rating and a review, if you so please. So once again, this is if you are listening to BD4 on Apple Podcasts, give us a five-star rating and review. Thank you. Hey guys, I hope you're enjoying this episode. But first, I also want to let you know I have another blog. The blog I'm writing for is on ultimatesportsnetworks.com titled The Bomber Bocker Blog. If you want to go subscribe to this blog, you should do so using my promo code 6A2841ERJC. Using that, you'd get a discount $7.99 a month to get the best Knicks and Yankees opinionated content around. Once again, guys, the Bomber Bocker blog on ultimatesportsnetworks.com using promo code 6A2841ERJC, $7.99 a month. Aaron Judge, uh, recently, I'm going to pull it up here on the uh, on the screen if you're watching the podcast, was on RC, was R2C2, the, the Ruko's podcast with Sabathia, and he was talking about his possible extension deal. And the quote's right here, if you're listening, I'll read it to you. If we get an extension done before the season starts, that'd be great. If it doesn't happen, and this is my last year, I had a lot of great memories, and that was said by Aaron Judge. So, you see, yeah. listen, first of all, I like that a lot of the Yankees are kind of not being afraid to speak out against the organization. You got Voight saying what he said, and then you got Judge being pretty open. I actually don't mind that. Um, but, you know, it's a, it's a situation. My gut feeling says that the Yankees eventually bring him back. That's my gut feeling. But I mean, I could definitely see a world where they do not. He'll be 30 years old in April. He's going to be 31 when he hits the open market in the winter. So you have the age the injuries to worry about with his size and his history of being injury prone. And we've seen Judge last season have to start taking it easy out there in right field because he's trying to save himself for the later parts of the season. Remember that whole big thing? And with that all, you also have to believe that Judge will be forced to play right field and can't DH for most of his new contract, which is expected to be around six or seven years, I would say. Because Stanton's going to be here until 2027, maybe 2028, if he accepts the option. 
And also consider, if you're the Yankees, they're thinking about, you know, they are locked into some big-time contracts as it is. You know, do you really want three guys guaranteed to get some big-time money in their late 30s? Now, like Stanton, Judge, too, came off a very healthy, very productive season last year where he appeared in 148 games, and he batted 287 with a 916 OPS, 39 home runs, and 98 RBIs. So, I, you know, where I stand on this thing, I would say it's risky, but I would say you let him do it one more time. Prove that you can stay healthy legitimately for a second consecutive season for a change. Put that concern behind everybody. And then you restart negotiations in the offseason. But again, there is a lot of risk in that, right? Because he could very well walk and maybe sign a hefty contract back home in San Francisco. Right? So you're risking losing him for nothing as opposed to potentially getting a haul for him if you trade him midseason. And I mean, I'm not lying. When I heard those rumors about the guy we're going to get to in a second, I was thinking. I was thinking. You know, I'm not lying to you. I was thinking, hey, maybe a three-way trade. The Yankees flip judge for a couple of prospects. Use those few prospects plus whatever else they need to do to acquire the guy who turned down a big extension offer pre-lockout, who we're going to get to in a second. And a lot of this depends on what they do at shortstop. You know, if Judge is extended, then you either stick with that shortstop alignment we discussed, or maybe you go grab a stopgap shortstop in, in the uh, in the market until Volpe or Peraza show that they're ready. But if he's not extended, and the Yankees use that saved up money for a story or a Correa, then goodbye, Judge. Thank you, pal. That's as simple as that, you know. And again, man, I, I don't care how unpopular of, a, of an opinion this may be. I am definitely for, I would not be opposed, and this is in a fantasy world because I don't see this happening, but I would not be opposed to saving that money from Judge and, and handing it to a shortstop. And that shortstop being Correa. <clears throat> I think I want, I want Correa more than I did more than I did Machado a couple of years ago. I really want Correa. I want to be that hated team again. I want to be the hated scumbags at this point. I'm all for it. I want the league's you know, biggest asshole on the Yankees. I want everybody to despise the Yankees and their fans and, and call them hypocrites. I do. I want that so bad. I want to be the heel. I want to be the evil empire. I want folks to hate the living shit out of the Yankees and their fans again. I want that evil vibe around us. And I'm, I would do it. Again, I don't see that happening. Correa is a guy who has had, you know, had some words with Yankees players before. He, you know, cheated us out of a World Series appearance, you know. And also, he's recently slammed guys like Derek Jeter, which is an obvious no-no. But it's definitely not a guarantee that Aaron Judge stays. You know, how high are the Yankees willing to go? in terms of years for a 31-year-old player? And how high are they willing to pay him? I'm hearing a lot of different numbers, but I'm finding most of the projected offers to sit around $250 million seven years. That's $36 million annually. If that's what it's going to take, if that's the starting point, if that's the very least he's going to make, I don't know that I do extend an offer, man. I don't know. I don't know that I want that. I don't know that I want to go higher than... I honestly don't know I want to go there. I would My my ideal offer, I would go no higher than $200 million for six years. That's $33 million AAV. Um, I don't know, man. It's, it's tough for me to sit here and say, but... Again, this guy's going to be 30 in April. In the offseason, he's going to be, you know, his, his next season of his new contract will be 31. 
So, once more, my gut feeling is, you know, it's hard. It says that it's hard to envision the Yankees letting him go. I don't see them risking that PR hit. He's the number one jersey jersey seller. He's got the judges chambers, right? He's the marketing guy. He's the popular face of the MLB, face of the franchise, the unofficial captain, all that stuff. I just don't see it. So I say let him play out the year, show that he can stay healthy and produce again, and then you talk with him. And I think that's the most realistic scenario that could very well happen. Although we've seen the Yankees, you know, recent years be more than willing to hand out extensions with Severino and Hicks most recently. But maybe those two extensions going the way they are will be the reason they prevent it and take this to the offseason. And when you do that, one of two things will happen to a player. It can either motivate him, and we see that all the time with guys in contract years, or it can also weigh on him mentally. Where am I going to be living next year? Which team am I going to be representing? So it's an interesting situation. The Yankees definitely have some thinking to do. Once this lockout ends, I I don't know. I honestly don't know. Again, the gut feeling says they do make a deal eventually. But gut feelings, you know, don't always pan out. Um, so I'm looking forward to see where this thing goes. We're going to head to our final break. When we get back, guys, we're going to talk about this one player that I've really been wanting to get to. All right, stay with us. Be right back. Hey guys, I hope you're enjoying this episode. But first, I also want to let you know I have another blog. The blog I'm writing for is on ultimatesportsnetworks.com, titled The Bomber Bocker Blog. If you want to go subscribe to this blog, you should do so using my promo code 6A2841ERJC. Using that, you'd get a discount, $7.99 a month, to get the best Knicks and Yankees opinionated content around. Once again, guys, the Bomber Bocker blog on ultimatesportsnetworks.com using promo code 6A2841ERJC, $7.99 a month. A custom wall tapestry is a surefire way to uplift any room's aesthetics with a personal touch. This 100% polyester wall tapestry comes with hemmed edges for extra durability while its mildew and water resistant properties ensure years worth of decorating bliss. The advanced tapestry printing techniques guarantee crisp detail even for the craziest of designs in any of the multiple size choices. You can select a size of 26 by 36 inches, 51 by 60, 68 by 80, and 88 by 104. These wall tapestries usually ship in 7 to 10 business days, and the price ranges from $24.99 to $69.99, all dependent on the size you select. The Bomber Bocker blog wall tapestries come in orange, gray, and black. But most importantly, be sure when purchasing a wall tapestry for the Bomberbacher blog that you use promo code 6A2841ERJC. 6A2841ERJC. Just go to ultimatesportsnetworks.com and click on the Shop MVP tab, searching the Bomberbacher blog. And there you have it. Juan Soto. Yeah. Juan Soto. Turns down $350 million. So a story came out yesterday, I think it was. Thursday. 
by reporter Enrique Rojas. And in this story, it was confirmed by Soto himself that pre-lockout, he turned down a 13-year, $350 million contract offer by the Washington Nationals. That's 27, I believe it's $27 million AAV. He's not a free agent until three years. But he'll be 36 if that, that you know, if you were to accept a contract like that. 36 at the end of it. First thing I did when I heard this was look up this kid's agency. And um, what do you know? Right. What do you know? It was who everybody thought. Um, but, if, you know, upon you know, further reading and research, I'm seeing MLB reporters put this out there. Passing. I'm seeing this on Sports Illustrated, on, on Spot Track, if that's the name of the, the contract website. Thrown out that Soto's projected to ask for and probably make and I'm not shitting you, a $500 million contract in three years when he hits the open market. Or if he gets extended before then. Now, first off, I don't believe that any baseball player, any pro athlete, is good enough to make a half a billion dollars. However, with the era that we're in, this is a new generation, and considering Mike Trout has already signed his big deal. If there was a player to get a contract like that with the guys remaining who haven't signed big deals yet, Soto is one of the very, very few who is most deserving of a contract like that. Does he get one, if that makes sense? Because you are looking at a future, a future, a superstar already. He's just 23 years old. And he already has a World Series championship ring on his finger. He's got a batting title hanging up somewhere in his mansion. He's got two top five MVP finishes. He's played in just four seasons. Um, and he's so far batted in those four seasons. From age 19 to age 22 last year in his career, he's batting 301 with an on-base of 432, a slugging of 550, and an OPS of 982. That's his career slash line. Outside Trout, this could very well be the best player in the business. You could make a case Acuna, but I mean, he's right there. He's top top three, top two. He's also probably, you know, from his perspective, I understand why you're asking for a lot. I mean, he's probably looking at other guys, you know, considering his age and what Soto's done already and what his upside is. He's probably seen Correa ask for $300 million, $350 million, you know, for a 10-year contract. And Scherzer, who's going to be 38 in July, he's going to be making $43 million for the next three seasons each. Given how pitchers regress when they're, in their late 30s, he's probably looking at it, you know, Soto. And you know, so I get it from his perspective. And I'm just sitting here and I wonder if the Yankees, you know, if the Yankees and Judge do plan to part ways eventually, if they kick tires here with Washington. That would be something. It would be a nice, a, a nice dream. You know, I get it. I'll probably pipe dream in here. I get it. This is the new school Yankees. Not your father's Yankees. Never. They would never give half a billion bucks to a player. Not this team. Only Mahomes has that kind of money in any other sport. And it's and that, you know, football money is different money. That's non guaranteed money. The Yankees this era, there's no way I see them giving Soto even. A five hundred million dollar contract. This is the small market Yankees. This is the you know, call it whatever you want. Kansas City Yankees, the CBS Yankees, right? Pre Steinbrenner. Um, and on top of that, you, you know, on top of worrying about paying Judge, you have, like I said, Cole is under contract through two thousand twenty eight. Stanton's 
contract is through at least 2027. Um, DJ through 26, Hicks through 25. So I, I don't see them doing that in this era anymore. But I was looking at it. I was getting very intrigued by it. And I'm like, wow, that would be a good-ass player to have on my team. And if the Yankees were more concerned about rings and rings only, which would be nice, I, you know, I would, uh, I would do it. <laughs> but, um, yeah, man, I, I just wanted to bring up a few of those topics tonight. That's all we've got. Episode 325 in the books. We'll end this episode with the NYY, NYK, MMA question of the day. And then, um, that'll be that. So... Talked a little Giancarlo Stanton and Glaber Torres. Talked a little Aaron Judge. All right. Let's get to the NYY, NYK MMA question of the day for F325. So, for this episode, episode 325, our NYYNYK MMA question of the day, obviously going to be Yankees-based. What year did the Yankees and Red Sox first face each other in the postseason? But also, what was the score of that series and which round was it? Alright, so it's a three-part question. I'll say it one more time. What year did the Yankees and Red Sox first face each other in the postseason? What was the score of the series and which round was it? So let me know the answer, whether that be in my DMs on Facebook and Instagram, or if you want to comment the answer once I publish one of the little promo short clips to this episode on my social media. And if you get the answer correct, I will give you a shout out in the next episode. And, uh, yeah, man, thank you guys for tuning in. That's all we've got. I'm your host, RJ Carbone. This is episode 325 of BD4, where there's no better way to get your Yankees and Knicks analysis, and they also do MMA now, too, on the weekends. Yankees every series, Knicks every game. Thanks for tuning in, guys, and I'll see you in the next one. All right, ciao. This podcast is brought to you by Anchor. It's the best way to make a podcast. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm 